Did you know that yearly Medicaid renewals will start again soon? This means millions of people who were enrolled in Medicaid during the pandemic may no longer be eligible for coverage. If this may impact you, the good news is you have options. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield can help answer your questions so you can find an affordable health plan for you and your family. We want you to feel confident you're covered. Click to learn more. Policy exclusions and limitations apply. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is the trade name of Anthem Health Plans, Inc. Macy's one-day sale starts tomorrow with great deals of the day to get prepped for the spring season. Like 40% off wardrobe refreshes from Style & Co. And 40% off the perfect bags and wallets to complete your look. Plus get 50-60% to 60 off kitchen and dining essentials from Hotel Collection, Oak, The Cellar, and more. Star Rewards members earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast presented by locked on it's joe marino kyle Krabs, and chris schubert from the draft network and we are your hosts here on this wednesday episode of the show today's episode is brought to you by built bar mm. go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get 20 percent off your next order kyle good morning good morning how are you I'm well. I feel like I I quick snapped you there, and I'm not exactly sure what you're doing. Maybe making a beverage. No, we um we have some breaking news, courtesy of Jeremy Walker, TDN oh. consumer Jeremy Walker. Okay, is this the news? I think it is, or do you have something else you're bringing to the? No, show? it's something completely unrelated. All right, I have a takes on takes question for the draft dudes. What's your take on Ben and Trevor saying Jamar Chase is a second round pick? Their midweek mock draft, they didn't take him in the first round. I, is that real? Uh, let, let's get the, the, the draft dude's investigative team is on it. I'll report back. Okay. Um, I would say they probably just forgot him. <laughs> yeah, I need to know. Did they come out and say, yeah, Jamar Chase right. is not a first-round talent, or they just didn't pick him, and it's an oversight? Right. You know what you should do to make sure that doesn't happen? Uh, you should have the uh, TDN mm. mock draft machine up. And make the picks on there, and there's That's the board, and you don't look stupid by missing a player. Which but. which makes me a little worried because they work with us, so they like they're they're well versed on the MDM. Uh, what would that they that they actually believe this? Yeah. Um. Okay. So that's interesting. Breaking news. There's there's other breaking news that we wanted to kind of touch on here before we talk Senior Bowl. Yeah. It is uh, the hiring. Is it official? It is official. I think it's really real. Yeah. Chris Shuby, or is it really real? I just saw Brett McMurphy tweet about it, so I think yeah. we're willing to say it's real. Okay, so uh, Josh Heupel, new head coach of uh, Rocky Top. Sing it, Kyle. No, not for this hire. Oh no! Yeah. I literally every time I've seen you this year, it's been Rocky Top just on repeat, nonstop. On your, yeah, on your back deck grilling steaks. It's Rocky Tops the soundtrack. We're we're in the North Carolina mountains with Rocky Top going, yep. and now yep. it's been muted because you don't like this hire. No, uh, I'm a little I'm a little worried. I will say this: uh, Heupel deserves to give a lot of thanks to Tennessee for my my hot take here is that 
this hire will guarantee that Josh Heupel will have another head coaching job after Tennessee in three years when he's inevitably let go. Because if he'd have stayed at UCF and the backslide would have continued, I don't know who would have hired him to be a head coach for their football team after that job fell through. But now you upgrade to Tennessee. You're going to be there a few years. You have the reputation that's not completely tarnished because UCF's regression wasn't complete when you left. It's going to get worse there with that program. And uh, now he'll be able to point to his resume at UCF before it complete, the bottom completely fell out against him. And he's going into a loaded deck with probably the 10th best armed SEC program uh, to try and compete. And that's inevitably going to go as well as we think it's going to. And he's not going to be there. And he'll end up with a Sun Belt or a, a Mac or uh, some head coaching gig after that. So props to Tennessee for extending this man's head coaching career beyond just uh, the next couple of years. Well, that was very spicy. So you, you're you're looking at this as a, at a like it's a power play for Josh Heupel. No. I don't necessarily know if it's a power play for Josh Heupel, but that's just how I could. The UCF program is not what it was under Scott Frost. Regressed right. every year since he's been gone. Every so year since he's three, gone. Six and four. Yeah. Yep. And it's going to get worse. And so if, if you were going to move now would have been the time to move, um, you know, and, and what a great opportunity to go to the sec and, and get a chance to try and coach and, well, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that I am. And uh, as a result, I think Tennessee will be right back in the same shoes they are three years from now, just like they've been uh, since Derek Dooley and mm. uh, Butch Jones and Jeremy Pruitt and now Josh Heupel and uh, the, the, around and round we go, Joe. All right. So I think the, the natural question has to come up then, like what coach – that was available, would you be celebrating today that Tennessee hired that was kind of like in the mix? None. So that's why you don't fire coaches just for the sake of firing coaches. So you think Jeremy Pruitt, continuing with Pruitt, was the best thing Tennessee could have done for this? Based, based on where their program was at, and did he even get like through full a four full recruiting cycles? He get Did he get a program filled with the guys that he recruited? I think that's the issue is that he's got the like ninth or 10th best class every year in the, in the sec. And and that's, you know, if you're not, if you're not recruiting better than that, like you, if you're 17th in the country, you put your ninth in the sec, then that's, you're not, you don't have the talent. And but what are we doing that we're doing this every three years? It's a good question. Um, I think for them offensively, they haven't been able to find the right quarterback because it feels like from a skill position perspective, from an offensive line perspective, they had all five-star recruits. Right. They couldn't find the right trigger man and quarterback. Then defensively, I think they were a mess as well. Well, I mean, let's be honest. If you're the ninth best recruiting class in the SEC, you're still what nationally? Top, still top 20. Yeah. Top 30, top 20. So, like, yeah. you have talent to work with. Maybe the best thing that they can do is kind of follow the shoes of a – Arizona State, go off the board. Remember when they hired Herm? Everybody lost their minds. Mm-hmm. What are these guys doing? Herm Edwards? Herm hasn't coached in forever. He's got this cush job at ESPN. Well, Herm knows how to relate to kids, and therefore he's he's got a bunch of former NFL players on his coaching staff now, mm-hmm. and they're crushing it with recruiting. I and mean, we haven't seen the, the results come full circle yet, 
but you at least feel good about the direction of the program. What's Tennessee's just there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a fun, I think that's a good um, alternative, right? I mean, you obviously weren't in on the Kevin Steele's and the Tom Herman's and the Lance Leopold's of the world. Uh, nope. Or you know, this Billy Napier, the dude from Louisiana Tech, he's never leaving. Like so, th- you think maybe it's Marvin Lewis? Who knows, right? Uh, somebody like that to come in, and I don't think it really worked for Illinois when they went with Lovey Smith. But I, yeah, I but lo- lo- think about what makes Herm Herm is Herm's personality. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not his experience coaching in the NFL. It's not his X's and O's resume. It's the energy that Herm Edwards brings. So I'm not going to hire a Lovey Smith who's this even-keeled, super mellow, very highly regarded, you know, football coach who coached the Chicago Bears. Because you got to energize 18 to 22 year olds. Do you think Lovey Smith's doing that? He's Lovey Smith standing up on top of the table, ripping his shirt off, and <laughs> pouring, pouring Coors lights over his head like you could totally see Herm Edwards doing. Okay, I have the ultimate, ultimate like conflict candidate here to 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 present, and he okay. this man lives in Nashville. Okay? okay, so there's something to this. Rex Ryan is Rex yeah. Ryan that guy that can do the things you just said? Because I I think so. You yeah. know, I'm not a Rex guy, but for Tennessee, I mean, go down to the college level, and dude can coach some defense. At least on college, college level, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather have Rex. I'd rather have Rex Ryan than Josh Heupel. <laughs> I might not disagree with you based on this conversation. Going into it, I might have laughed you out of town, but you might have something there. Okay, all right. So that's fun. Uh, did you have another hot take about this, or was that it? No, that was it. Was okay. just Heupel would get another head coaching job after Tennessee, whereas if he didn't get the Tennessee job, I don't know if yeah. he would have got another head coach job. It's a good play, just like uh, Butch Jones. Butch Jones, he's Correct. the head coach, Central Michigan or something like that. Or Champions of life. Whatever. Uh, Chuby, anything here on Hypel, Tennessee? No, I just I found my promo clip for the show today. Kyle saying, quote, I would rather take Rex Ryan than Josh Hypel. So that'll be on Twitter later. Great. Mm-hmm. Terrific. Got to be careful with Chuby around. He's, he's looking for these damn sound bites. Oh, bastard. You're unique, and so are your taxes. TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who listen to you, learn about your unique tax situations, and answer your questions. And on top of all that, they can do your taxes from start to finish. Maybe you started investing and want some reassurance from an expert that you're doing things right. Maybe you're now self-employed and need some expert advice on what qualifies as a home office deduction. Or maybe you'd rather have an expert file your taxes for you so you can focus on what matters most. No matter what your situation is, TurboTax Live tax experts can answer your questions, give tax advice, review your return before you file, or even just do it all for you. TurboTax Live gives you confidence that your uniquely you taxes are done right. Intuit TurboTax Live. File with the help of an expert or let an expert file for you. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as the feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Stride Smart treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity is, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your home. 
Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes always available when you need them. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try any Echelon Fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash NFL. All right, Kyle. So the Senior Bowl started yesterday. The Senior Bowl did start yesterday. Yeah. Felt weird because it was weird um, with nobody at the weigh-ins and you know, nope. practice being nope. – Close the media, then it's open to media. We get practice tape late last night, but we have takeaways. Yeah, we uh, had a chance to grind the tape last <laughs> night on, on the practice. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I I was really impressed. So uh, uh, complete transparency coming into recording the podcast. I've watched the national team. You have watched all the offensive linemen, defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. And all of the corner wide receiver one on ones. Yeah. So we've seen, we have not seen everything because it went up so late last night. We're recording this early in the morning because we want to get it out to all the final listeners of the show. So if we admit somebody and, and you're, you're mad and you had a chance to watch the practice tape as well, please know uh, we are not completely done grinding the tape. Yeah. Um, but I think we got plenty of takeaways based on what we have watched. So, so what to start well look I, I mean I have a player that's at the top of my list that I thought really caught my eye and then obviously I think there's some I have a lot of other players as well and then we have the weigh-ins as well that you know produce some interesting well, results, so. I guess let's start with the weigh-ins. Let's kind of go chronologically throughout the day. We'll do weigh-ins and then we'll do practice. Okay. So who won, who lost? Well, I, you know, you know where I'm going with this. I'm going with the two guys that I felt pretty strongly about in my write-ups and in measure. I, I already shouted you out for this on Twitter. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, how about Syracuse cornerback Ifayatu Melifonwu? And I know what everyone's thinking. Well, Obi Melifonwu has not been very good in the NFL. Won the weigh-ins uh, a few years ago, and everybody mm-hmm. was booing and on about him. But mm-hmm. uh, I, okay, well, the guy's six-two. Almost 6'3", 6'2", and 5'8", 212 pounds, 32-plus-inch uh, arms, 9-inch hands. I mean, it, he has great size, but what's exciting about that size is when you watch the tape, he can really move. He's got quick feet. He's got loose hips. He can turn and run. He's dynamic driving forward on the football, and I thought whether it was man coverage or zone coverage, he looked like he had a lot of good natural feel for what he was doing. I think the ball skills are there, and uh, I know that Darion Kendrick's not part of this class of cornerbacks but Melifon was right there for challenging to be in this top five uh, a top five of the corner group and I think obviously checking in with those measurables and uh, confirming you know the body type that we saw on tape was was a really good step for him in, in solidifying his status as a top five corner in this year's class yeah if you're 6'2 212 32 inch arms and you play corner like automatic top 64 selection doesn't really matter <laughs> like um i don't remember the exact measurements but like remember stanley jean baptiste a few years back yeah yeah bad it was player. just like yeah but automatically became a highly drafted player because of his measurables yeah kevin king Ooh, too soon 
I don't think it is. I don't think it is. so bad in the, in the, in the NFC Championship game. Like, he, like if that was Aaron his, Jones. His, his tape at Washington was bad, too. Right. But right. I don't want to talk about that. I, I don't disagree, but between Aaron Jones and Kevin King, if that was their last game as a Green Bay Packer, not a great taste they're leaving in the mouth there. So, yeah. So, um, I think there were a lot of guys who really helped themselves from away in perspective. We got like a lot of freakishly long edge guys uh, that are here this week. Uh, Aid Ogundeji, I'm going to keep pounding the table he crushed at practice too but that's neither here nor there the 256 pounds 35 plus inch arms and um just really confirmed what you saw on tape and i think that's the the biggest value for weigh right is being able to confirm what you thought you saw on tape and there were some players that didn't confirm what i thought i saw on tape too uh, Drake Jackson, the center from Kentucky, uh, checking in close to 290 pounds. Oh, wow. Yes. Not – we thought or we knew he was center exclusive, but now you're center exclusive scheme specific. Yeah. And you might not even like project as a, a starter at all for any of the 32 teams. So that way in for a guy who on Kentucky's roster at one point was listed at around 310 pounds, that hurts yeah. a lot. Uh, Wyatt Huber, the uh, Kansas State edge. You see what he checked in with length? Uh, was it bad? It was 30-inch arms. Now, wow. Yeah. Now you can't play edge. So he's, like, he's like 250-something with 30-inch arms. Not good. <laughs> Jonathan Cooper from Ohio State, who has awesome tape and actually had a pretty good day of practice yesterday, uh, but he checked in under 31 and a half on his arms at like 255 pounds. So I don't know what to do with you. You know, because go ahead. I was just going to say, and people might roll their eyes about length, but length and separation skills in the trenches is absolutely positively uh, something that, that you have to have. And if you don't have it, then you automatically become a designated pass rush specialist. And I think Jonathan Cooper, as an example from Ohio State, can be a designated pass rush specialist. But what's the ceiling of that role when you're only on the field on third and longs and it's probably going to be in a rotational basis? So you don't draft that guy in the third round. You know, if he comes in, and and I don't remember exactly where Agbanya Okoronku was drafted, but that's the player he reminded me on on tape. But Okoronku at least had 33-inch arms. Right. Oh, Cooper's coming in under 31 and a half. That's really going to hurt your perception as far as your value on what percentage of snaps I can give my team. I thought Aaron Robinson, the cornerback from UCF, who uh, Daniel Jeremiah recently mocked in the first round. Yes. Which was very surprising to me. He came in with exactly 30 inch arms, eight and three quarter inch hands, under six foot and 190. You know, I think that there was a, a hope that he would be above six foot and be, you know, upper 190s and, you know, 30 inch arms for a corner is, is very, it's very short armed. Um, and so, you know, he, that was disappointing as well, but if we could say one more guy that was not disappointing, I got to mention Janarius Robinson, uh, the edge from Florida state, six, five, 66, 35 and three quarter 
inch arms, 11 inch hands. Kyle, the dude's got an 87 inch wingspan and um, his tape is up and down, but that's kind of the thing about Florida state players. As I've studied them, you see a lot of really gifted guys that are just not well coached. And um, I, I think that for a lot of these Florida state guys and, and, you know, Robinson included that they're destined to be better pros than they were college players. And I thought you saw this from Tennessee. Like when you look at so many of their guys that were like UDFA's late picks um, wind up being like meaningful players in the NFL. And I think it's because they finally get some decent coaching. Um, you know, I think you could see that with a lot of these Florida state kids, but Janarius Robinson, a, a name to watch um, based on those physical gifts. And I mean, he blocked all kinds of kicks at Florida state. You could see that length really show up on tape. So he's a, he's a player that, um, Move the needle for me a lot when I studied his his 2020 tape, and then obviously I'm very excited about this uh, this weigh-in. Are you ready for some football? The NFL playoffs are in full swing, and Super Bowl Sunday is right around the corner. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Maybe you want to put some cash down on the Chiefs or Bucks in the Super Bowl or take advantage of some of those fun prop bets. Check out betonline.ag because they have the best lines in the business. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So whether you're looking for a healthy snack, a breakfast on the go, something post-workout, or just like delicious things, Built Bar can fill the void for you. And best of all, Built Bar doesn't just taste good, it blows the nutritional facts of your typical protein bar out of the water. It's got 200 calories per bar or less, up to 20 grams of protein per bar, 18 delicious flavors to choose from, and one-seventh the grams of carbs and sugar of your typical protein bar. So if you're looking for a change-up in your diet, visit BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you can save 20% off your next order of Built Bar. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON, to save 20% and find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. If I had to shout one more weigh-in guy, did you see what Hamilcar Rashid checked in with? Yeah, I'm a lot better than we were thinking he would. Or Hamilcar Rashid, I believe, is how it's pronounced. And that, that's a big thing this year. Everybody wants to, to correct us on our mispronunciation, so stick with us. We'll, we'll get them right. Uh, Rashid Jr. from Oregon State, over 250, like 254. He was listed at around 245 and we were skeptical on whether he was going to be 245 yep. and it came in in the mid 250s and 33 and three quarter inch arms and you know that for a guy who has some really nice speed rush ability and uh, a little bit of bend off the edge he's not super bendy but a little bit of bend off the edge but very bursty uh, that weight is going to make odd front teams very comfortable with him playing outside linebacker so that was a win all right so we've both watched some amount of practice Yes. Correct. I think it'd be fun if we start off with, okay, who's the one guy, if you had to say the one guy that popped the most for you, that was the most impressive, that really turned your head, what's the what's the name that pops for you? Aid Ogundeji. I'm telling you, this is going to be an insufferable amount of Ogundeji love 
of this draft cycle. Reminds me a lot, a lot of Emmanuel Agba. Uh, he was rushing off guards. He was rushing off tackles. He had a really nice lift move. He had a push-pull swim that he had success with. Um, he really, measurables, functional athleticism, pass rush 101s, he checked every box yesterday. I kept on getting him confused with the uh, the UCLA uh, Odigizua. Not- Who also had a nice day yesterday. Yeah. So, you know, obviously it's day one of Senior Bowl. You you know how it goes. You're, you got, you're watching the tape and then you got your roster and you just kind of yep. keep having to go back and forth to kind of figure out who everyone is. And I was like, oh, man, who's that? And it was either – I don't want to say his name wrong. The Notre Dame uh, – Aid. Aid Ogundeji. Ogundeji and then Odigizua. I'm like, they, they, they look so similar. And they both got gold helmets. So yeah, it was like, like getting them crossed up. But the, I kept on going back to the roster to confirm who it was. And, and I, I would agree with you that. Nine, 91 is Ogundeji. Okay. And 92 oh. is Odigizua. So helpful that they're, yeah. you know, one of them couldn't be like 71 and one of no. them like 98, you know. Of course not. So, uh, okay. So I know that Dwayne Eskridge is getting a lot of buzz and he deserves, mm-hmm. it. He deserves it. But he's not the name that I wanted to shout out. Shy Smith from South Carolina, man. This Good. guy, I, the, I'm looking at my notes right now. The word that I have next to Shy Smith is playground. I felt like it was his damn playground out there with uh, how quickly he was uncovering, how shifty he looked running routes, and then just he was finishing so, so well at, at the catch point, whether he had you know contested situations or he had to extend for the football and he was wide open. And for Shy, I think he had some drops in college, and I think it really came back to focus and concentration where he got a little bit ahead of himself and, you know, was thinking about what he was going to do after the catch and, you know, he would drop the ball. But when you like watch the, the entire uh, scope of his tape, you see so many high level catches that, you know, you're like really impressed with what he can do at the catch point. And then it showed up uh, in these one-on-ones and I mean, his, just his ability to uncover and finish. I mean, like I thought it really popped. I mean, Dwayne Eskridge was, was terrific. And he, he made Cam Bynum from Cal, uh, look real, real silly multiple times, but I think Shy Smith's the guy that I, I really came away quite impressed with. Well, we kind of expected X Eskridge to come in and do well, right? He became a hot name in the week or two before the event, whereas Shy Smith, I remember watching him in season because he he was putting up nice numbers, and you just did his eval, so like to see him go out and perform to the level that he did, kind of living up to what we feel his potential is. Uh, was really nice. Yeah. One I'll give another name. I'm going to give another name. Uh, Derek Barnes from Purdue. He wasn't cruel trick. He's wearing a number that he was not assigned on the roster that was sent out. So I probably spent 30 minutes last night. Who in the hell is 19 on the national team on the defensive side of the ball? He played. He was playing stack linebacker. He was winning in nine on seven, filling downhill. He blew up uh, Ben Mason, who's 256-pound fullback from Michigan. He blew him up in the hole. Uh, And then he goes out in coverage against Khalil Herbert, and he outweighs Khalil Herbert by like 25 pounds, and he completely blankets him in one-on-ones. And Barnes was a player who coming in, I was always more impressed with the reps that he showed at Purdue playing with his hand in the dirt. And now he moves back. He's playing stack linebacker, which he had played in stretches at Purdue. 
but he didn't flash the way he flashed yesterday as far as you know, being really violent, triggering downhill into the point of attack and, and showing really good patience to not overrun. He stayed on that inside hip. Uh, he stayed flat-footed. He stayed square to line of scrimmage, and then he triggered and, and drove on the throw. And uh, he even had a nice way in at 245 pounds with 33-inch arms uh, because I, I made note of that because I was anticipating him being a guy who was going to play with his hand in the dirt. We played stack linebacker yesterday, and he crushed it. That's where you like him. I I expected based on his tape to like him at edge. Mm, okay, but now he's now he's. It's almost like the Hassan Reddick thing, and I'm not going to say Derek Barnes is going to end up being a first round pick, but you remember Hassan Reddick came into the Senior Bowl and he was an undersized edge rusher, who had worked his way forward throughout the Temple program. And then they took him and moved him back to stack linebacker. And he had a really impressive week. So I had three really weird wide receiver evals that I've done recently. And okay. for, they're all for different reasons. And I'll, I'll uh, I want to kind of lump them together here. One of them was racy McMath from LSU. So wide receiver, he's like 6'3", 215 pounds, and he's got great straight line speed. Uh, mostly a special teams player for LSU and was kind of an afterthought in the passing game. Uh, and especially this year when you kind of thought that he would get his chance to be featured in the passing game, that he would do a lot better than he did with, you know, Jefferson and chase not there. And, you know, just kind of his chance to be the guy along with Terrace Marshall. So I had him. I also had Cornell Powell from Clemson who was on the team for like five years. Didn't do a thing until DJ Ugalali, however you say his name, we're doing bad with Dave's today. But <laughs> when that guy, Ugalali, whatever is, yeah. When he replaced Trevor Lawrence, right, uh, f- for this past season, and then whenever he got in the lineup, all of a sudden Cornell Powell is this world beater, and he was dominant the rest of the year. And, you know, I think everyone had that same moment where you're watching Cornell Powell and you're like, wow, this is that next Clemson stud freshman receiver. No, man, he's been there for five years. Richard senior. <laughs> He was awesome, right, the rest of the year. And then there was one other player, Josh Palmer from Tennessee, who, again, he was kind of behind Marquez uh, Callaway and uh, Juwan Jennings for a few years at Tennessee, obviously crap quarterbacks that they've had. Uh, And then you watch his tape this year, and, again, those guys are out of the way. It's kind of his chance to be the the guy in Tennessee, and they kind of just keep him in a box there on the right sideline. Everything is really in this tight area of the field where they don't let him just get, you know, run a lot of horizontal routes and not a lot of – you know, multiple breaks, just really kind of this condensed area of the field that he works. So those are three guys that I couldn't wait to see, right? Racy McMath, there's a reason LSU hasn't used him very much as a, as a wide receiver. I mean, he looked oh, no. unnatural. He's oh, counting no. his steps. He, he's just getting in out of breaks. It was, it was a struggle for him. He couldn't catch the football yesterday. With that said, though, Cornell Powell and Josh Palmer, they really popped to me. I thought they did a good job of, of trying to be deceptive with their routes. I thought they both handled contact very well, and they both finished extremely well. So um, it was encouraging to see because when you when you think about sample size and you know sustained levels of good production, you don't get it from either one of those players. But at least for one Senior Bowl practice, I came away quite impressed with those guys. Uh, how much of James Hudson did you see? Oh yeah, I saw I saw all of his one on one reps. What'd you think? I hope that you're going to share in some enthusiasm with me because I think he moves really well and I think he's got some heavy hands. He does. But he is every bit of the rawness that you were yes. expecting. Yeah. Yes. But that's the thing. He's played like 700 snaps and he's I a get, defensive lineman. I get it. 
but DJ put him in his top 50 yesterday. Now, see, so I yeah. I know you were lower on him than that, but you right. came back and you said, yo, there's a lot of really exciting traits to see right. here. But then DJ drops him in in top 50, and yeah. I'm like, man, like, okay. And then I watched the practice tape, and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, we're, we're probably two years away. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. 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 So if it just it surprised me that he was that high up for DJ with this offensive line class. <laughs> That's fair. That is fair because it is a very good offensive line. Yeah. Class. I think I, I I'm really happy with the report I wrote on James Hudson. Everyone should go read it at the draftnetwork.com because I think I I did a I'm complimenting myself, which feels weird, but I think I did a good job of kind of balancing. Okay, he's got some really nice physical traits and some really nice flashes, but there's also some warts here, and there's also this dynamic of him converting from defensive line, you know, defensive lineman at Michigan, going to Cincinnati, playing, like I said, like about 716 snaps at left tackle and and just blending that all together, realizing that this could be a high-level starter, but you might have to wait two years to get it. So um, did you see tight ends and no. running backs one on no, Tell me things about that. Okay. Uh, really underwhelmed with Kenny Yaboa, the Ole Miss tight end. Uh, his hands looked – stiff or hard uh he looked very hesitant working through his routes he had he had one drop on, on the ball that hit him over the middle uh so he was underwhelming but your guy hunter long joe had a really nice day and, and hunter long obviously jumped out with uh 83 inch wingspan mm -hmm. so that's a catch radius for you right mm -hmm. and as a guy who doesn't really run away from man coverage. He caught like four balls with a guy like draped on his back, but because the ball was accurate and it was out in front for him to extend to catch the ball, uh, it really kind of showcased, okay, this is the kind of tight end that even in congested spaces, he's going to win. And uh, I, I thought he did really well um, with what he was able to showcase in the one-on-ones against the linebackers and safeties. Uh, so Hunter Long jumped out as the winner from that group. Uh, if I looked over on the defensive side of the ball uh, for the safeties and the linebackers, uh, the Ohio State kids had about as different of a day as you could possibly have. Uh, Baron Browning was awesome. He was very good in coverage, and you know from an athleticism standpoint – uh, the questions with Baron Browning are more so related and pertaining to uh, he's 6'3", 240 with really long arms and is super athletic. Uh, it's from a play diagnosis perspective. Um, so you put him in this environment in one-on-ones and you have one thing to key on and focus on and all of the athletic traits really shined for Baron Browning. And then Tough Borland had a tough pun intended day. He... He they got after tough a little bit as far as his one on ones. He's getting uh, outrun to the flat by 256 pound Ben Mason. Um, Ramondre Stevenson is running right past him on a wheel, and it looked like he was stuck, caught in quicksand. It was it was a tough day. I'll be interested to see how he bounces back because he's a mentally tough dude. Yeah. Uh, but he he did not have a good go. But Baron Browning had a really really nice day from the linebacker group. Tough Borland and space, not a great, no, a great mixture. Yeah. It turns out it was not just asking him to try and carry Devonta Smith <laughs> on 
on four verts or whatever concept it was in which they ran that that deep over route and he got completely torched. Was it last year in the playoffs that he had? I can't remember if it was an interception or a fumble recovery, and you you saw him try to. to uh, yeah, he got out in the open field, and you were ready for him to turn on the Jets. Oh my god! And the Jets I, never never came. <laughs> no man, we didn't. We barely got the engine cranked. Um, I got one more player I want to mention here. Uh, All right. Kadarius Tony from Florida. Oh man, I just love watching him play. Yeah, you just see the like the. I, I'm going to go back to a player that plays a different position, but when you watched him, everything you 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 saw was just high-level competitive toughness, and that was Naheem Hines from NC State where um, you know, he's a running back, I understand, but like whether it was returning kicks and punts or you know competing as a receiver and running routes or running the football, you got this feel that Naheem Hines was this elite competitor. And, and Kadarius Toney is a, a guy that obviously plays wide receiver, but I just get that vibe that like everything he does is – 100% and like he brings the fight in everything that he does and oh by the way he's a really twitched up athlete with great speed and he's super feisty at the catch point and you know, watch this guy you know prior to this year at Florida and he saw some sprinkles of really exciting ability but he you know, injury concerns and never really commanded a big share of that offense but that changed this year and I thought you saw him become a very complete receiver where he challenged all levels of the field wasn't just yards after catch. It was the vertical ability as well. And I think I, I, during the senior bowl practices, I saw that show up as well, where he did a great job tracking the ball down the field and he did a great job running away from coverage. And, you know, he was really you know deceptive with his routes and just that feisty competitiveness. There's something about watching him play that is, you, you just love it as somebody who evaluates football players. So uh, he continues to be a guy that um, I really gravitate towards his style. I will leave you with a name, and I have a question. Yeah, Levi Onwarzariki. Yeah, I got uh, it written from down. Yeah. Washington. He um, he got after Creed Humphrey a little bit yesterday, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Yeah, really impressive in both the pass rush and the one on ones, and that that first step is really apparent. And a little bit of an undersized guy as far as a weight mass perspective, but uh, one gap penetration fronts are, are really going to like him in a three technique role. Uh, yeah. So I wanted to shout him out as a guy who really shined yesterday as well uh, from what we saw. My question for you, what do you make of Devonta Smith choosing not to, to weigh in yesterday? I, I mean, it just screams, it screams that you have something to hide, right? Well, brother, we know you're not very big. I mean, we, I'm expecting him to be around six foot and 170, right? Yeah. Like 170. There's nobody in the world that thinks you're anything besides that. So just measure your damn self. Now all you're doing is creating unnecessary discussion right now about your size. If you weigh in yesterday and you're uh, 5'11 and 6'8, so 172 pounds, everyone's going to be like, yeah, uh, that's what we thought he weighed. Right. And now we have to sit here and wonder maybe, oh, is it worse than that? Why didn't he weigh in? You know, and, and it just creates unnecessary questions. Just measure your damn self. Well, and what's going to happen is he's going to go and weigh in at the Alabama pro day when he stacks on weight yeah, and he's not going to run because he's going to be completely out of, it's like Kyler, right? Remember when Kyler did his combine weigh in and yeah. he didn't, he didn't run because he added all that weight just to stack yeah. it on, just to check the box and say he was whatever he came in, came in at two Oh five or whatever it was. Either you, and what happens if he comes in at the Alabama pro day and he's one seventy seven? we're going to say, okay, you spent all this time bulking up and you still can't get to one eighty, Right. That's yeah. going to be a bigger problem right. to say that you went out of your way to avoid a weigh-in 
to get to the highest possible point that you could to help your stock. And the highest you could get is 177 pounds. So what are you when you're not 177 pounds? Why do we keep seeing this stuff? Like it's such a, it's such an obvious course to me on what he should do and not do, but he's convinced that this is the right thing or somebody has convinced him of that. Yeah. So his camp, obviously it's, it's a strategy play and, um, what did you think of Flores' comments about it? I'm sure you saw this. Yeah. He doesn't Talk care about, about size. Yeah. Um, I, I think at its core, it's the right mentality to have. But at the same time, you know, it, and and I guess don't count it twice would be the, the word of caution from a scouting perspective. If, if he uh, doesn't play with physicality and he's small, don't count it twice, right? And right. it's only a problem if it's a problem. And for Devonta Smith, you know, getting off the line of scrimmage, it's not really a problem. So just because if he, he comes in small, you shouldn't ding him in a projection. But well, th- this is a physical game. And, and I think there's there's a reason why you don't see a lot of players that fit this mold, you can be special, but you're effectively betting that you're going to draft the exception to the rule. Yeah. And that gets to be a slippery slope. So, you know, you, you think about Miami owning the number three pick. And if that is Devonta Smith and you, you're, you're betting on the exception to the rule of, of drafting a quarterback with a, a hip that you were very in the dark on because of the, the nature of the pre-draft process last year. And then you're coming in and you're, you're betting again that you're going to get the exception of the rule of 170 something pound wide receiver with a top three pick. It's it's, there's a lot of confidence in that room from, from their scouting prowess. And they have a lot of really great scouting minds in that front office. Um, But I don't think it's something that just doesn't matter at all. You know, I, I do think you have to ask yourself those questions and, you have to ask yourself, you know, my biggest thing that I would talk about on Locked On Dolphins is where can you get Devonta Smith? And if you can get him at seven or eight, you know, let's have that conversation. But if you feel like you need to draft him at three to get him, I'd be perfectly fine with letting somebody else make that decision. And I'm going to make the better return on investment, which is get more picks and then draft a wide receiver at seven or eight. I, I would agree with that. Uh, two closing thoughts for me. Number one, I want to see more Ben Cleveland, uh, guard from Georgia. This guy looks like Hercules, man. I mean, he's unbelievable with his with his body type. Uh, I saw a few of his reps. I thought he looked good in terms of power at the point, but I, I'm anxious to kind of dig in a little bit more there. And then, did you see any Sage Surratt yesterday? Yeah. What do you do? You like him? What's your thoughts? Uh, he had a real nice adjustment on that ball down the field, but he, he I thought he looked like the same player that he was at Wake Forest in which it's throw it up and let him go get it. Yeah, I, I so I love the ball skills, right? He's like very natural at the catch point, but like there's just not a lot of separation in that. You, you notice that on tape and then, you know, you're talking about one-on-ones in the senior bowl where the you, know, you, you got the whole damn field, right? It's such right. a it's such an advantage for the receivers when you're just kind of stuck on guys in that scenario. It's it's concerning to me. So I, I Nico mean, Collins was a little bit of that too yesterday. Well, if you want a power forward, then okay, then that's that's your skill set. That's the guy you want. But you know, I I feel like those guys are kind of limited and and not as valuable in today's NFL. At the very least, Nico has four four speed. 
and, and, and yeah, no, Sage doesn't have that. And Nico got open vertically, yeah, uh, very well. But all of the under underneath stuff, it's like, okay, let's take all the narratives about who we thought maybe DK Metcalf was, and maybe that's who Nico Collins is, and that's still okay in a vertical offense, you know. Know about that? We, not us. <laughs> no, not <laughs> not here. What's this we shit? No, not us. Um, but yeah, th- those are some good parting thoughts, Joe. I'm looking for a quarterback to separate themselves today. He might, he might be searching. Jamie Newman, I think, is going to be the guy. He's the most gifted for sure. Yeah. Remind me when we, we get off here, I have a quarterback-related story for you that's not for public consumption oh. pertaining oh. to the Senior Bowl. So The poor listeners of the podcast. Yeah, I'm going to leave them on read. Sorry, guys. Oh, boy. We're done here. Day two of Senior Bowl practices today. Lots to look forward to, so make sure you tune in. Watch it on television. Come back. Talk with us about it this week. Tomorrow night, uh, we are live on YouTube, and, and you can bring a bunch of Senior Bowl questions uh, in that forum. Uh, and you can, of course, hit subscribe on the podcast and listen to us tomorrow on the show. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris, Shuby Schubert, thanks, as always, for listening. Enjoy today's practices. Macy's one-day sale starts tomorrow with great deals of the day to get prepped for the spring season. Like 40% off wardrobe refreshes from Style & Co. And 40% off the perfect bags and wallets to complete your look. Plus get 50-60% to 60% off kitchen and dining essentials from Hotel Collection, Oak, The Cellar, and more. Star Rewards members earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.